0: Radio and thank you so much for listening. And thank you once again for sharing evidence you can trust on Energetic Health Radio and the This Week in COVID research articles found on the America Out Loud Network. If you're ready for another great show, let's go to work. Our question of the day, how will we know when we've won? Hmm. First off, before we get into the question, I want to do a big thank you I want to do a roll call today to the people who deserve it the most, the people who are the unsung heroes out there who have been fighting for two plus years, going to rallies, staying informed, doing everything they can to influence their local communities, their families, staying grounded in what this is all about. I want to say thank you so much. I'm going to come back to you in a second because this is very, very important. This week, I was honored, privileged to be a headline speaker along with a great cast. Kevin Jenkins, Luke Yamaguchi, Steve Jonkis, um, Ken Rutgers, and Cheryl Rutgers. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, Kevin Jenkins, Steve Kirsch. I mean, just a great lineup of really passionate people. I was honored to share the stage with them at the state Capitol. And I got to tell you, you know, for me, the reason I do this is for you. I'm blessed this fiasco. I've been able to withstand it. I'm doing fine. My family's doing fine. We've been minimally impacted. I fight for the families out there that have been majorly impacted in so many ways adversely. And it's an honor to serve you. It's an honor of mine to fight for you. I don't need or want really any praise. I just want to know that we are marching together towards victory. That we have established this wonderful relationship together and that we know we are going to win. So, I want to say a big thank you to all the mama bears out there. You are the heart and soul of everything we do. I love you. You are in my heart, and I carry you with me always. Make sure that you roar. I want to say thank you to all the truckers out there. Mm-mm. What you have done is more impactful than any published study ever produced on COVID, hands down. It is amazing what you can do when you get people together, when you get some bad asses out there together and say no more. Way more impactful than any of the great studies that have been published. How do I know? because you are producing change and those studies in two years haven't been able to. Way to go. I love you. I want to say thank you to everyone who stayed informed and committed themselves to doing what's right. Big ways, small ways, it doesn't matter. They all play a part, an essential part in victory. And I love you. Thank you to all the people who organize the events and never get a whole lot of credit. So people like me can go on stage and can share information that we've put together, can give you tools to help guide us to victory. Thank you to all the people who put the work in to make it happen. I want you to know that I love you and you deserve all the credit. I was at this incredible rally and I have all these people so kind coming up to me saying thank you, giving me hugs. Can I take a picture with you? All this great, just great stuff. I mean, it comes from the heart. I am, my cup runs over. And I want to say, I feel about you the way you feel about me. I am grateful for you. I am in awe of you. I fight for you. And the reason I love you so much is that you do it all so selflessly. Now, with all that being said, of course, we want to give credit to the people who have put the face on this that are Are shouting it out. The folks in the media outlets that give freedom of voice—people like our very own Malcolm Out Loud, right? What a great man! Doctor Naomi Wolf, Bernadette Pager, Sayer G, Joseph Mercola, Robert F. Kennedy, and Children's Health Defense—great people, epic times. The Blaze, The Gateway Pundit, Trial Site News, Stu Peters. And I'm going to say it like this, because I, I, I didn't like that Joe gave an apology. I didn't think he should. The pre-apology, Joe Rogan, and so many more, too many to name. This is what it takes, all of us doing our part in the ways that we can, some big, some small, but really it doesn't matter what the size is. It matters that we do it. I want to give thanks to the incredible organizations out there, like Leah Wilson, Stand for Health Freedom. My God, what a powerhouse organization. Alexis Baden-Mayer with the Organic Consumers Association, or Tara Thornton's Freedom Angels, and Susan Sweeten's Freedom Travel Lens. These are just some of the people I'm privileged to work with. I'm privileged to be in service to you with. And there's so many more. If you didn't get named, it's not because I am shorting you. It's just because there's too many to name, but know that I love you and I'm gonna be there with you every step of the way. I wanna say thank you to those great faith leaders who said, no, I'm not closing the houses of God for a crisis, for a man-made crisis. I'm not doing it. People like Pastor Dave Bryan with the Church of Glad Tidings, and there are so many more like him who have said no to this. Those are the people I trust. They have taught me the power of faith. They have taught me the power of community. They have shown me the error of my ways when my faith waned years before this. And I'm grateful to them for this gift. Thank you to the tireless truth speakers, the Kevin Jenkins out there, right? The great Kevin Jenkins, the Peter McCullough's What a dude, right? Come on. The James Lyons Weilers, the the people that are out there every day speaking truth and saying, no, I don't care how many arrows I have to take. I'm never going to stop speaking truth. I want to give a big shout out to our pit bull lawyers like the fearless and relentless Tom Renz. That dude is going to go down in the history books, isn't he? And the fierce Tricia Lindsay. I love her. That's my sister right there. I love her so much. I want to say thank you also to the brave elected officials who honor their oaths of service. You see, I was under the misguided idea that before I started working with these people that everybody in our government was captured, that nobody cared about us. And I am so glad to tell you that I was wrong. There are good men, good women, elected officials, appointed officials who do genuinely care about us. Now, they're outnumbered. I'm not going to lie. But they fight on anyway. People like Senator Dennis Linthicum and Kim Thatcher, who sponsored the grand jury petition project that We're all working on that's going to launch in a big way again in February. Senator Ron Johnson, who has given a voice to people who have been hurt. He's the one person who is fighting like mad that I can honestly point to and say that man believes he's not doing this for political theater. He's doing this for Americans. What a great man. And I want to say thank you to all the Americans stepping up to fight for office and say, let's turn the tide, let's shift the numbers, let's get people in here who care about the people they serve, that take their oath seriously. People like running for governor, like Mark Thielman, you know, that superintendent in Oregon who said, no, I'm not going to close the school. No, I'm going to give parents the right to decide if their kids wear masks or not, but we're not going to require them. People like Scott Jensen and Renette Sinem. And there's so many more. The folks out in Virginia, forgive me, I I don't remember their names off the top of my head, but they won. And what they're showing is that Americans are fed up. We're tired of choosing the lesser of two evils. We want people who care about us. We want people who are accountable. We want people who are going to be transparent in positions of governments because those people are the ones that realize we sign the checks. It's our tax dollars that sign the checks. And you better start paying attention to that because the corporate era is coming to a close. I want to say thank you to everyone who puts your heart and soul into everything you do for future generations, for our kids. I will not I will not watch the freedom I was born into stop here so that future generations can enjoy it. I will not be a part of a generation that loses freedom for all, especially our children. That's why I fight. I'm going to tell you, I know your sacrifice has been immense. I know I can feel it. My, I, I've been in this with you every single day since March 12, 2020. I haven't taken a day off. And I mean that. When you were called to serve, you answered the call. That's why I love you. I thought I was going to be fighting alone. And I found out that I have a bigger family than I could ever imagine and I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for you. Now I've got a lot on my mind too because too many people are going around acting like we've won. And I say, what have we won? We certainly haven't won yet. How do I know? Have Fauci and friends been indicted by a grand jury for crimes against humanity? Have elected officials who misappropriate our tax dollars and went along with this fraud been removed from office? Have we authored laws to ensure that this never happens again? Or have the few, the proud, the freedom fighters finally shifted public opinion enough so that the gutless cowards who led us to the cliffs of despair are finally feeling us and starting to back off. See, backing off when you're in the wrong, that's not a win for us. It's just a sign that victory's on the horizon. Now, are we winning? Perhaps. But it does depend on what you consider winning. Ending mandates that never should have existed isn't a win to me. Stopping passports that never should have existed isn't a win to me. Are kids still being masked against their will? Are people still being injured by the experimental shots and getting so little help? Are our loved ones still being held prisoner in hospital, killed in hospitals with one-size-fits-all treatments that don't work? and with no family members allowed to be by their side. Are early treatments still being denied to people in a need? You understand what I'm saying? When loved ones can be bedside again, and it's no big deal. All right, I'll say that's a sign that we've won. When people get treated at the moment that they're diagnosed, Oh, I say we won when information is shared and there's no censorship and cancel culture. Yeah. Then we've won. And when the program, this experimental program is shut down for good. Yeah. Then we've won. So it's important for us to get really clear and be real with each other. What does winning look like? Because without that clear vision, we might be fooled into thinking, As this fiasco clearly winds down, that being given back the freedom that we should have never allowed to be taken away from us is a win. It's not a win. Tell me this. How can you give back my freedom when I never gave it away? See, I want you to feel good because we've worked so hard to get here, right? We have to celebrate that and all that we've accomplished to this point. I want you to feel good. Yes, we have turned the tide. And I'm going to tell you, it's because of these selfless acts by these truckers. It's because of selfless acts in small communities that we have turned the tide. It's not arguing over this article, this published paper or whatnot. It's action that turns the tide of battles. not intellectual discourse. So yes, we can see freedom on the horizon. And yes, it's important for us to double our efforts and make sure we send the message that we are forever awake. This will never happen again. And freedom will be forever and for all. For me, I cannot abide while criminals profit and roam free celebrating, sipping their Don Perignon and patting each other on the back for being masters of the universe, laughing at us, how stupid we've been and look what they were able to accomplish. Wait till the next time, it's gonna be even bigger. So how will I know we've won? When Fauci and friends have been indicted by a grand jury and have to answer for their crimes. I will not, I cannot allow these wrongdoers to take a victory lap and celebrate a new technology that has made them wealthy while injuring millions, failing millions and all without us knowing what the long term impact will be to the people i love. people who were fooled and forced into the largest for profit experiment in human history. there will be no victory laps because we will ensure that there are no victory laps. And we still haven't gotten to the root of the issue, the key question, how this all began. I can tell you this, it wasn't from bat poop at a wet market in a foreign country. So let's be damn proud of all we've accomplished together because we turned the tide when we started from way behind all these other folks that planned and put this together, schemed and deceived and put this together. And let's not fool ourselves though, that the job is done. Victory is in sight, but it still must be won. On today's show, we're gonna talk about breakthrough data, we're going to give you an update. It's me and you today. This is, these are the shows I like too. I love the interviews and bringing people to you, but I like it when it's me and you. We're going to talk about hospitalizations and how to know if a person was hospitalized for COVID or something else, but counted as COVID. See, that's fraud. That's not just a whoopsie. That's fraud. And we're going to give you a preview of the grand jury petition project that's relaunching in just a just a week or two, coming up, coming real, real soon. I'm so excited about this. We've been working on this for about eight weeks, folks. Yeah, I'm always working, always working. Why? Because I love you. Straight up, I do. It's an honor to serve you. It really is. I'm grateful for this experience, one of the great, best experiences of my life because I've got to meet you. We'll be right back with Energetic Health Radio in a moment. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. Are you ready to take control of your health? Great. At eHigh, we'll help you tap into the power you already possess, heal what hurts, as you learn organic, evidence-based nutrition, botanical medicine, Eastern energetics, Western science, and so much more. Learn what every doctor should know. Learn from people who really care and love what you'll learn for a lifetime. Go to EnergeticHealthInstitute.org and bring the joy of energetic health into your life. We will be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages.
1: Let's get real, let's get loud. On America Out Loud talk radio, you know, I have to put a good word in for healthy cell. They have three lines of products that I've been using now for months. One is Immune Super Boost, which is a daily supplement designed to supercharge your immunity. And boy, do we need this now with COVID-19 and the revelation that the COVID-19 spike protein could be in our body for a year and a half after the illness or after vaccination. The next product is focus and memory. And again, this brain fog that happens in the long COVID syndrome and even occurs in the post-vaccination syndrome appears to be really calling for uh, a lot of the essential ingredients in the focus product for healthy cell. And then lastly, my favorite product is the sleep product. The REM sleep uh, healthy cell product has a wonderful blend of Uh, uh, combinations of key elements to restore normal sleep architecture it's very important it's different than getting uh, put to sleep or forced to sleep getting a healthy sleep and having normal sleep architecture is quality sleep and when we have good quality sleep we have lower stress hormones during the day we feel better and i'm telling you i'm not going to bed tonight until i've taken my healthy cell rem sleep product so go to healthycell.com And when you order, hit the promo box and type in out loud. That will give you a 20% discount off the products. Uh, Try them. Uh, Try a box. Try all three and do your own self-assessment. I know I've, I've done it. So let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio.
0: All right. Welcome back, everyone. Well, you know, today I'm going to tell you, I'm feeling super optimistic and super tired. Uh, You know, one of the things we did, I thought was really impactful when we went down to the state Capitol here in Oregon and, you know, did the rally, which was so well attended a Tuesday afternoon, there was close to 2000 people there, if not a few more. Um, And, Everybody stayed and was fired up. Great signs, just great energy. So many hugs. Not a mask anywhere. Just people being people. You know, one of the things though that um, the Oregon chapter of CHD and Oregonians for Medical Freedom collaborated on. See, I love that collaboration, right? And and I, I know Free Oregon was there as well. A lot of organ, a lot of really good organizations came together and pulled this off. Uh, what what uh, they set up though was they set up some meetings with some um, democratic, which was really nice democratic elected officials, and you know, and, and I was like, okay, well, this is this is interesting. Yeah, let's let's start having this conversation. I've been wanting to talk to these people for two years. I've been trying to talk to these people for two years. Let's let's get in and talk to them. So in our first session, we had a, um, you know, it was me and and Kevin and. Uh, jenkins and steve kirsch and uh, ken and cheryl rutgers um, and uh, Catherine green with uh, oregon chd we were all talking to uh, several elected officials we're going to leave them nameless Um, and we were expecting to be on the zoom call see this is what's so crazy in oregon even with such low numbers they still haven't reopened the state capitol so you can go meet with your elected officials face-to-face. And I think that's a little odd being that we pay for that building, right? And we pay the salaries of the people in that building. So we were on a Zoom and, you know, and we thought we were going to talk to the elected officials and we didn't get to talk to one of them. You know, we didn't get not one elected official there. We were talking with their aides and chief of staff and stuff like that and all nice people. But, you know, the thing I want to stress to you is You know, you can tell when people are being polite, but kind of blowing you off, right? Two out of the three folks we talked to had that approach. You know, we're gonna, I'll I'll listen, I'll apologize. I won't commit to anything. And, you know, when you tell me that you're gonna send me some more data, I'm gonna say, yes, we're happy to review it and I'll share it with the elected officials. But, uh, you know, you, you can tell when you're getting blown off with politeness, right? It's ridiculous. But then, in the third one, we got, and this will, I'm going to give this uh, representative some credit. Representative no- Noble, his uh, his chief of staff, she was amazing, absolutely amazing. Pam was outstanding. You know, she understood what was going on when we presented her with more data to substantiate what she understood and what we were alleging. She was like, "Send me this data. I can't wait to share it with other elected officials and it was fantastic you know and you 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 know and it's like wow what a what an incredible moment so that like really brought me some optimism and remember what I said earlier, not everybody that's an elected official is corrupt and how, what a great realization that is, right So we were talking in there, and one of the things that I was uh, sharing with her was the uh, vaccine breakthrough data. Now, breakthrough is a marketing term. We've never called, you know, vaccine failure breakthroughs. You think of breakthroughs, you think, hey, that's great. Yeah, we all want to break on through to the other side, right? We all, we all want to. That's a sounds like a good thing, right? A breakthrough. You have a breakthrough moment when you're. When you're trying to heal, you have a break, you know these are good things. So they they cleverly marketing teams cleverly that that the CDC pays marketing teams using American taxpayer dollars to learn and use language to fool us. So instead of calling it vaccine failure, they called it vaccine breakthrough. Right. So I'm not going to call it with you breakthrough. I just want you to know the data I'm sharing with you is about. Vaccine failure, meaning failure to protect people from infection. The whole point of getting a supposed vaccine, and you know, for me, these aren't vaccines. These are gene therapies. That's why I call them inoculations or biologics. But we'll use, we will use vaccine failure here for, for the sake of the argument. What's very interesting when you look at this is the CDC stopped reporting all um, vaccine failure data um, on October thirtieth of twenty twenty one, pretty early in the year, they stopped reporting the failure cases, but then they kept reporting failure hospitalizations and failure deaths, right? So every time that the it failed, but you know what's really interesting about it is they went to great lengths to limit these numbers while they went to great lengths to hyperinflate the numbers for the infections and the hospitalizations and the deaths so they could freak everybody out, right? Well, when you look at the failure, failure to protect, that's a failure of efficacy. So when we say vaccine failure, that means that the shots didn't work. So when I when I saw that the CDC had stopped tracking um, and stopped, excuse me, stopped publishing on um, what they had termed vaccine breakthrough in October of uh, 2021, I said, I better start tracking this. So I started, I went back to the state uh level and i said let's go to every state health department again like i was doing in 2020 let's get all the data that we can from there and let's see what's going on well what i first found out was that only 28 out of 30 excuse me 28 out of 51 state health departments are reporting vaccine failure should be all 51 and i say 51 because we include washington dc in that But it should be, right? It should be all 51 reporting, but only 28 are. So that's one of the ways that they minimize data. They minimize the amount of failure cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. But it's not the only way. The next way that they minimize it is they only allow people that they deem to be fully vaccinated to be evaluated for vaccine failure. So that has a special definition to it. In order to be considered vaccine uh, for vaccine failure, in order to be considered fully vaccinated by the CDC, you have to have had both Pfizer's, both Moderna's, or one Johnson & Johnson, and it be 14 days, at least 14 days since your last um, shot. And If you test positive, your PCR cycle threshold value has to be below 28, why? Because the CDC knows that if your cycle threshold value is above 28, it's likely a false positive. Now, curiously, they don't apply that same logic to infections, those the cycle threshold is set to 40 or higher so that they're collecting all those false positives. But here for vaccine failure, they wanna make sure they don't have any of those, right? That's a little curious, but guess what else? You also have to be symptomatic. (laughs) right you can't make this stuff up it's right on their website or at least it was before they removed it i i got screenshots of it so 28 states are reporting out of 51 there's all these rules right so you could technically have gotten both Moderna shots and it only be 13 days since the last shot and you would still be counted as unvaccinated If you've only gotten one of the two shots, you're still counted as unvaccinated. And what they did was they said, okay, we're going to say that only the fully vaccinated can be evaluated for vaccine failure. And meanwhile, partially vaccinated get counted as unvaccinated. People who haven't gotten, uh, it hasn't been 14 days, at least since their last shot in the series, they're counted as unvaccinated too. And that allows them to inflate. The number of unvaccinated cases so they can say, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. No, it's not. It's a pandemic of you lying about data, of you committing data fraud, you manipulating data. This is completely inaccurate data. This is violation of federal laws. So when I went and I started tracking this for Vaccine failure cases in November, it was only 1.4 million. And I shouldn't say only, that's still a big number. I mean, 1.4 million failures is a big number. By December, it had grown to 2.5, almost 2.6 million. So that's an increase in one month of over a million. But here's the kicker by January, it had grown to over 6 million. So we're seeing an exponential increase right now in vaccine failure. It went up from December to January over 3.5 million in spite of all the safeguards the CDC put in to limit that number. And it's just growing and getting worse every single week in the departments I've checked. We'll do another update in February and I'll let you know a little bit more about it, but you can check out one of our articles. We published it in a This Week in COVID article uh, recently. You can go and actually download that data for free. Check the references, see for yourself. All right. You can't make this stuff up for vaccine failure hospitalizations, because you remember when they said, "Well, it's only the unvaccinated. Right. That are in the in the hospitals. Right. Please. As of January, over one hundred and thirty eight thousand Americans have been hospitalized who were deemed fully vaccinated. Right. That doesn't sound like a small number to you. It's not a small number to me either. And here's the sad part. As of January. Over 32,000 Americans, remember there's only 28 state health departments reporting, over 32,000 Americans who were fully vaccinated died. They contracted the infection from what they say and, and succumbed anyway. So there, we know there's risk with the VAERS data, right? It's clear, a million a million injuries, over 120,000 hospitalizations, over 22,000 deaths, over 6,700 deaths within, you know, within uh, 48 hours post-inoculation. Folks, when we look at this data, it is so damning. These, the, the safety data clearly shows that the program needs to be shut down. The failure data, the vaccine failure data clearly shows that the program needs to be shut down. It's failing at an epic rate right now all right it's failing at a uh, rate of and, uh, 135% increase in one month in failure cases that's that's unconscionable right now these are not safe not effective but i don't like using their language these are injurious and ineffective that's really what we're seeing here now does that mean that they're injurious and ineffective for everybody? No, I'm not claiming that. But I am saying that there are over 6 million people we know of that it's has failed to protect. We know that there's over 138,000 Americans that had to be hospitalized as a result of that failure, and 32,000 of those Americans died as a result of that failure. And those are unacceptable numbers for an experiment such as this. Folks, we have to do something about this. This program has to be shut down. That's how we know we've won. We'll be right back after these messages with more Energetic Health Radio. Folks, emergencies don't last for years. From the outset, the CDC repeatedly violated federal laws to hyperinflate COVID data and defraud the American people. They lied while we'll, we died, they failed while we suffer, they profit while we fight for what's right. If you're tired of this new normal of willful misconduct, if you're tired of the corruption, then fight for your freedom using love, logic, and light by signing the grand jury petition that can set us free. Go to covidcon21.com. Educate yourself on the alleged crimes that must be brought to justice. And join the more than 100,000, I think we're over 125,000 Americans now demanding transparency, integrity, and accountability. This isn't a party issue. This is a freedom issue. So, Let's enjoy the fight, let's do what's right, and let's make sure we hold these people who've done wrong accountable for their actions. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages.
2: As Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older, until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell.
0: All right, welcome back, everyone. Now, last week um, I, I, I published two articles. I, I, I just got into, uh, you know, I got into a flow one night, and I was like, you know, I, I was writing this massive article, and I was like, okay, nobody's going to read that. Let's split it into two. Let's split it into breakthrough cases, otherwise known as vaccine failure, and then let's uh, let's let's look at this hospital piece because something hasn't been getting a lot of, I think, media attention, but it, it really deserves it because it really speaks loudly to fraud, right? That, that we have Medicare, Medicaid fraud going on, that we have um, data fraud in a massive way going on, particularly at the hospital level that we can prove right now. And people are acting like, ah, yeah, that's okay. It's not really a big deal. You know, the big question has been, You know, how do we know of the numbers that are being shared, how do we know how many of these hospitalizations were due to COVID versus how many of them were just people who were going in for other things, but everybody's required to be tested for COVID and it's possible to have a false positive test. You know, the CDC has confirmed that you can be false positive for COVID for up to 12 weeks after you've recovered. That was actually known in February of 2020. Let me say that again. Walensky came out and said that she that, well, oh, this is why we're changing the isolation rules down from 10 days to five days, because, you know, you can test positive for up to 12 weeks. She was citing a study out of the CDC South Korea that we've been citing for two years that was actually published in February of 2020. So uh, we've known that. Walensky for quite some time that you haven't acted upon that information is, to me, proof of willful misconduct. Number one, interrupting people's lives and forcing them to be, um, you know, isolated for an extended period of time when it wasn't necessary, and that's to say nothing of the fraud with the PCR uh, testing and the cycle thresholds. You know, and your if your cycle threshold number is above. 28 and you don't have any symptoms, then it is pretty darn likely that that's a false positive. But here's the thing. They never give people the cycle threshold number. (laughs) They just don't. (laughs) They don't tell you what the bar is. It's set at 40 or higher. And then they don't tell you what your number is. Are you below the bars indicating that you're positive or are you above the bar indicating that you're negative? They just say you're positive or negative. And then when you have elected officials who try and actually get that information and do records requests, they're told to go kick rocks. Can you imagine that? I've, we have had senators that we've worked with who've put in records requests, right? Records requests for, um, for the cycle threshold numbers for the people who've tested positive. And the state health departments have told them to kick rocks. Can you imagine? Right. That is what's going on. This is, it's all fraudulent. It's, I mean, everywhere you look, there's fraud. If you really know where you're looking and, you know, and can break some things down, that's what we try to do. And we try to explain it to you in a way that makes sense, in a way that you can understand it and go, okay, I get what he's talking about. I get, I, I get how that could be fraud. Well, let's talk about fraud with hospitalizations. Because if you are going in for, let's say, an elective gallbladder surgery, right? And then a person, and then you run a PCR test, and let's say it's a false positive. Let's, let's just say it was a high cycle threshold number, and it was a false positive, but they still categorize you as COVID. What the hospital gets to do now is write on your diagnosis, on your ICD-10 codes, that you are positive for COVID in addition to an elective gallbladder procedure. And that allows them to get a greater reimbursement if you're a Medicare or Medicaid patient according to the Health and Human Services Department. That's right. They incentivized this complicit fraud. And so the big question has become, well, how many people that are hospitalized? We're looking at these massive numbers, right? And we were looking at these massive numbers in um, late December and early January. We're looking at these massive numbers of hospitalizations. I think it was like a new record of 145, 146,000 Americans were hospitalized over a seven-day period, Um, on average, over a seven-day period. I think that was the peak last I had looked. And you go, how many of those people were actually there for COVID, right? Because that's the question. How many were there for COVID? Well, it's very interesting when you, and we wrote an article on this, uh, 49.7% of COVID hospitalizations not due to COVID, right? We can prove this. The reason I started looking into this was because we were getting reports coming out of, pardon me, we're getting reports coming out of New York, the New York Department, State Department of Health, Public Health, confirmed that 43% of their hospitalizations weren't due to COVID. The New Jersey um, Public Health Department confirmed that 49% of their hospitalizations weren't due to COVID. And I'm saying 49% of the hospitalizations they called COVID weren't due to COVID. New York, 43% of the hospitalizations that they called COVID hospitalizations weren't due to COVID. And in Massachusetts, they just confirmed that 49% of their hospitalizations that they called COVID weren't due to COVID. That's fraud. I mean, I don't know how to look at that any other way, but then fraud. You're telling us that a person is hospitalized for something they're not hospitalized for. That's a lie it's fraud, it's data fraud. And if you're billing Medicare, Medicaid, it's now insurance fraud. So, you know, we put this article together because I wanted to capture screenshots, say, you know, you know me, everything that I do, I'm gonna be, if I say something, I can prove it. Now, it might sound outlandish at first, but when you start looking at the evidence that we bring to the table, it starts sounding a lot less outlandish and start going wow how is this going on that's been my jaw dropping I I I, my jaw has been on the floor for two years now here folks I got you know drool all over following me every time where I walk it's just you know this is ridiculous that we have so much fraud all over the place and it's just become normal there's so much of it everybody's like yeah I saw a report in Newsweek saying that the um the confidence in the CDC uh CDC's data has dropped to an all-time low of 65%. And I'm like, wow, there's still 65% of Americans who think the CDC is being a straight shooter Give me a break. But thank you to the that 35% who isn't falling for it anymore. And that's going to flip and go over 50% probably in the next month. I think it's we're going to see a massive flip with this. So when we look at this, you know. The cdc always wants the big number because the big number goes to the media and gets pushed out to the mainstream media be afraid be afraid be afraid big 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 number everybody's dying everybody's the hospitals are overflowing bursting at the seams oh my god it's a terrible thing right come on stop just we're adults just give us the facts we'll deal with it right if it's really bad it's obvious remember when they told us that people were just going to be dropping dead in front of us in the streets that never happened Right? What if they said that was going to happen? They said there was 2.1 million Americans who were going to die in the first year. It's been two years, and we're only at the numbers we are of death certificate reporting because they manipulated that data to hyperinflate it. That's the only reason why we're there. There's actually only about 50,000 deaths over the last two years attributable to COVID. Yeah, that's a crazy thing. I, yeah, I know what I just said. You... Do a full audit on all of these death certificates and we will confirm it, promise you that. Now, when we looked at this, I said, you know, there's something here with the CDC because they have this thing called COVID net, right? They were putting this big, scary number out there, 146,000, but it's not COVID net. See this 146,000 number actually comes from a White House task force. Isn't that interesting? a white house task force is supplying data to the cdc for hospitalizations around the country meanwhile the cdc also has a secondary one called covidnet which actually gives us some pretty detailed data about which what are the age demographics what are the health demographics but instead of giving it for all 50 states, there's only 14 states participating in it, which make up about 10 percent of the population. So you have to do a little bit of math to get it. But while the White House is saying that there's 146,000 Americans hospitalized as of and we're looking at June 5th, excuse me, January 15th data. When we look at the CDC's COVID net, which is more accurate, what it comes out to actually is just over um, 71 thousand Americans, so roughly half. And guess what? We did the math, and just like Massachusetts, just like New Jersey, (laughs) what do we find? 49%. 49 49.7% of all hospitalizations, COVID hospitalizations in the United States aren't due to COVID. They're just counted as COVID to make the situation look worse. That's fraud, folks. And when you look a little bit deeper at the data in COVID net, you find something else quite interesting. You find that the people who are hospitalized right now because of COVID will say due to COVID are the same people that were hospitalized before the shots came out. People who are over 60 with multiple preexisting conditions. The same people in March of 2020 that were being hospitalized, April of 2020 that, are being, that were being hospitalized are the same people and I don't mean exactly the same, I mean the demographic, of course. It's the same exact demographic after the unleashing of this experiment, this large human experiment. What does that tell me? That tells me that the shots have done nothing. It tells me that the shots have failed. We know they're not safe. Why is that? Because we're not addressing the root cause. The root cause is people who are unhealthy are driving the stats here, and then the CDC is assisting that by creating fraud, by defrauding the American people with these little tricks in how data is put together. Now, are you okay with that? I'm not. I'm not gonna be okay with that. And We can prove it. That's why we're going the grand jury route. And I hope you'll join us on that journey. It's gonna be a good one. What's interesting is that People who are hospitalized are 50% of them, over 50% are obese, almost 60% hypertensive, high blood pressure. This isn't a pandemic. It is a fiasco. It's a fiasco, not of the unvaccinated. It's a fiasco of the unhealthy. And that's not to blame anybody. That's just to say, hey, this is facts. We're looking at the, the data. And if we were really a compassionate society, what we would do is support those people with nutrition and education and showing them how to reduce their risk factors for fatality, for death. That's what I'm doing. And I hope you'll be interested in doing that, too. And I just want to say once again, thank you to all of the especially to all. Of the unsung heroes and heroines out there you inspire me you are the reason why i stay up until three in the morning working on things to get them done all right i promise you this is not for my glorification i have been completely stripped thank you god of my ego i work for god I work for you. It's an honor to serve you. It's an honor to be in service of God. And I'm not going to ever stop talking about that because I love what I do. It's a privilege. I love you. You are in my heart always. And if I can do something that is going to help you, is going to help someone you love, then that does it for me. That, that I, I you just can't be, in, I'm going to tell you, I, I got stopped in Salem when we were in at Oregon, you know, we were at the rally after I had spoke, uh, a real sweetheart woman came up to me. I wish I remembered her name. I was just, you had too many endorphins kicking in. She had two beautiful kids with her and she had tears in her eyes. And I was like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And she came up and gave me this big, big hug and we embraced. And she said, I want to thank you because I really was losing it last year. And then I found you, I found your voice and I started listening to what you were saying, sharing the information that you were sharing and it calmed me down. It made me feel better about everything. It gave me hope. And I started tearing up too. I'm starting to tear up right now. That was one of the coolest things that I've had happen to me this whole time. That's why I do this. That did it for me. That was my medicine for the day. And I'm grateful to her for that gift. So if you're out there listening, um, drop me a line. I would love to know your name and, uh, you know, give it to me a second time and, but I just want to say thank you for giving me that gift, that knowing that all this work that I've put in has touched you in a, in a good way. It means the world to me. I want you to know that I carry all of you with me and the people you love with me. I don't care if they've gotten a the shot or not, they're with me in my heart and everything that I do. And I mean this, I hope that I'm making all of you proud everyone who supports and trusts and believes in what I'm doing, what I'm sharing, all the work that's going into it. I hope I'm making you very proud because that means a lot to me as well. This isn't about me. This is about us. And I'm going to keep it right over target, right there, always. The glory goes upstairs. The mistakes are mine. Now, I hope you will check out the articles that we have waiting for you on the America Out Loud platform. I hope you will share them. I hope you'll really get in and read them. I hope they're interesting to you. I, I try to have a little fun typically when I'm, I'm writing them so it's not so, you know, robotic and stuff with data. And I want to give you a little preview in February We've been working on this for two months, folks, of getting everything right, crossing all the T's, dotting all the I's, making sure that we are ready to go to, in multiple states, launch grand jury petitions simultaneously to get a grand jury impaneled to investigate the allegations of criminal activity. Criminal intent. I want to make sure we get that out there before they try and take a victory lap in March, because we've gotten word that they're going to try to take a victory lap in March. And I I, I can't abide by that. Not when Simone Scott and Ernesto Ramirez Jr. and all these children have been killed unnecessarily. And I hope you feel the same. So here are my final thoughts. Be nice, but stop playing nice. Start calling things what they are. Fraud is fraud. Lies are lies. Stop getting caught up in, oh, I don't want to hurt a liar's feeling. No, that's the exact person's feelings that you need to hurt. And you need to speak truth. It's not about hurting feelings. It's about speaking truth. Next week, we're going to have on... um, Uh, Gubernatorial candidate, candidate Mark Thielman, who is going to be teaching us about what parents can do in their schools to get these masks finally off kids' faces and what he's done to successfully make that happen. Remember, our path to victory has four divine challenges for us all to take no offense, to speak truth, to be selfless, and to remain humble. May our Creator shine His divine light down upon us everyone we love and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace i'm dr henry ely for energetic health radio and the energetic health institute check us out at energetichealthinstitute.org got some cool stuff coming there with fasting classes coming out very soon until next week aloha and adios